This is Franchise Friday, a short episode designed to talk all things franchising. As a listener of the Path to Freedom podcast, you know you want to take control of your life and create more freedom for yourself. But have you ever stopped to consider franchise ownership as an avenue for doing just that? Owning a franchise means you're in business for yourself, but not by yourself. And it can be a great way to become a first-time business owner or even for a seasoned entrepreneur to expand their portfolio and break into a new business. But where do you even start? I know firsthand how overwhelming of a process it can be to figure out which franchise companies are good, which ones might be a good fit for you, and how to go about vetting them. And that's exactly what I'll be talking about in these episodes. I'll be detailing the methodical process I use with my consulting clients to help them navigate what would typically be an overwhelming process. There's an art to finding the right franchise for you and conducting a thorough investigation, and that's what I'll be unpacking on Franchise Fridays. Thanks for tuning in. Let's drop in. Hey, what's up, friends? It's Friday, and you know what that means. It's time to talk some franchising. So in this episode of Franchise Friday, we are going to take a deep dive into the exciting world of franchise disclosure documents. Yes, we're talking legal documents when it comes to franchising. So I'm going to try to make this as exciting and entertaining as possible. But the fact of the matter is franchise disclosure documents, also known as FDDs, are are not the most exciting thing in the world. But they are an extremely beneficial tool for anyone that's investigating a franchise business. So that's what we're going to unpack in today's episode. As a quick recap, if you have not tuned in to the previous episodes of Franchise Friday, I highly recommend you go back and start from the very beginning because each of these episodes builds off of the prior episodes. And in last week's Franchise Friday episode, I gave a pretty detailed overview of what to expect as you're going through the due diligence or the investigative process with a franchise company. And I talked a little bit about FDDs and kind of where they would typically fall into the process, what type of information is contained in an FDD, uh, and even a little bit about how someone can use it to help them better understand the franchise opportunity that they're investigating. But because FDDs are such a critical part of this investigative process, I wanted to do an episode that entirely focuses on FDDs so that anyone listening, if you're going to go about investigating franchises on your own, you're understanding how you can most effectively use this document uh, as a tool to help you really understand the franchise business that you're looking at. So uh, real quick recap, you know, up to this point in the process, right, you've already identified franchise companies that could be a good fit. You've made contact with a representative from the franchise company and you've officially begun their investigative process. So they've had you fill out in all likelihood a questionnaire of some sort to learn a little bit more about you, make sure that you're qualified uh, to you know, become a franchisee, at least qualified in terms of you're in an area that they have available territory, you meet the initial financial requirements uh, for their franchise. And you've probably had at least one or two 
phone conversations with a representative from the franchise company. Usually that representative is going to be referred to as a franchise development representative or franchise development manager or director of franchise development. Uh, but that is typically who is going to be guiding a prospective franchisee through this due diligence process on the franchisor side. So it'll vary, you know, from one franchise company to the next in terms of when they will uh, send you their FDD. Um, but as I talked a little bit about in, in the last episode, uh, franchising is regulated in the United States by the Federal Trade Commission. And so an FDD, a franchise disclosure document, is a key component of the regulations that the FTC has put in place. And it's really there to protect the individual or the prospective franchisee against making a decision based on information not supported by fact. So the FTC rule actually requires that franchisors provide the FDD to a prospective franchisee at the earlier of the first personal meeting or 10 business days before the franchisee signs an agreement or pays any money, right? So, and I, I think that's actually 14 business days. I'm reading a, a document here, but there's requirements, right? You cannot legally even sign a franchise agreement without uh, having proof, being able to show proof that you not only received the franchise disclosure document from a franchise company, but that you actually had it in your possession for a certain amount of time. So that's how serious the, the FTC takes this. And again, it's all there to protect uh, buyers, prospective franchisees. And, you know, FDDs have not always been around uh, prior to the uh, like 1960s for sure. Um, the, the franchising was not regulated. I think it was the late 70s, I want to say 1979, um, that the Federal Trade Commission's uh, FTC rules became effective where FDDs were now required. So this is a formatted document, right? And, and that's good, right? Because if you're investigating multiple franchise companies, any FDD that you're going to get from a franchisor is going to be laid out in the same format. So while yes, it is a long legal document that can seem overwhelming when you first get get it and start reading through it. Um, they're all laid out in the same format. There's 23 different items that make up an FDD and the information in each of those items is streamlined, meaning it's consistent just with information relevant to whatever franchise company's FDD it is. Um, funny little side note here, uh, at one point in time, the, uh, this document was not referred to as a FDD or a franchise disclosure document. The acronym was UFOC. <laughs> I always thought that was funny, UFOC. So someone finally came to the realization that, hey, maybe we should change the acronym uh, so that people are not going around saying UFOC all the time. Um, anyways, again, such a very important document, right? And there's key information that one can use with this document to really understand, you know, what the franchise opportunity is all about. So, you know, to give you kind of an idea of some of the key information that you're going to 
uh, have a chance to research through an FDD. You know, first, there's a lot of detail around the history and experience of the franchisor. They have to provide you with a history of their past activities, um, especially as it may relate to potentially negative information, right? So like if the founders of the company, you know, had to file bankruptcy in a, in a prior business that they were involved in, that has to be disclosed. So you get a, a really good kind of, you get some good insight into, you know, who's at the top of this company, who's running it and what their prior experience is to qualify them to, you know, now be an executive with a franchise company. Um, you get some good information uh, in terms of the, the investment that's going to be required. Uh, so this is going to be item five of the FDD. You get a detailed breakdown of what the initial fees would be to actually become a franchisee. So that's usually going to include your franchise fees. Sometimes there may be some other, you know, minimal fees like software licensing fees and any of that. But anything that you would have to pay up front to the franchisor to actually become a franchisee is going to be very thoroughly detailed right there in item five. Also in item five, if it's a territory-based franchise of any sort, you'll get a detailed explanation of how that franchise company defines territories um, and what a territory, you know, would look like. And then, you know, for franchise companies that sell multiple units or multiple territories, if they do development agreements, if they offer master franchises or area developer agreements, all of that's going to be detailed in item five as well. You know, one of the biggest reasons an FDD is so important is that it, in a legal format, sums up the relationship between the franchisor and the franchisee. And what I mean by that is obligations and restrictions. The, the franchise company must disclose the obligations of you as the franchisee under the terms of the franchise agreement. And they must also spell out any mandated restrictions that you know you would be required to operate under um, in the terms of your purchasing options uh, and just your overall behavior as a franchisee. And then of course it outlines what the franchisor is responsible for in terms of supporting their franchisees. So item six of the FDD gives you a detailed breakdown of any of the recurring fees that you would be responsible for as a franchisee. Most commonly, this is going to be things like a royalty, which is usually structured as a percentage of a franchisee's gross revenue that gets paid back to the franchisor. Most franchise companies also have uh, what they call a marketing contribution you'll hear this referred to as their brand fund. So that's also usually a smaller percentage than the royalty, but also a percentage of gross revenue that gets paid back to the franchisor. And those funds are specifically used for overall branding and creating consumer awareness on behalf of all of the franchisees. So item six gives you a very detailed breakdown of what your ongoing fees are. So between item five and item six, you have a really good understanding of what does it cost you to become a franchisee up front, and then also what does it cost you ongoing to be a franchisee. And then item seven, and I'm just for the record, I'm not going to go through every item. I'm hitting on some of the 
you know, in my opinion, most important items to understand where some of the most critical information is going to be found, especially when you first start reviewing an FDD. When I look at a new FDD, I start with item five, item six, item seven, and then I usually jump to item 19. So just wanted to let you know I'm not going through all 23 items. So uh, definitely don't tune out. Uh, <laughs> I'll try to make this as painless as possible. So, but item seven is where you get a detailed breakdown of what franchisors call their estimated initial investment range. And I've talked a lot about this in previous episodes, so I'm not going to go into too much detail here, but an estimated initial investment range is, is very important because it's based on historical data from other franchisees. And as I've already said, item five is going to tell you what your upfront costs are to become a franchisee. So what's found in this item seven is kind of an all-inclusive range, including the numbers you'll see in item five. So that's what it costs to become a franchisee. Item seven's also gonna give you a breakdown of any cost that you would likely incur to get your franchise business open, right? So the item five fees are usually paid directly to the franchisor. Part of the, a lot of the, you know, costs that you'll see in item seven are not paid directly to the franchisor. You know, if it's a brick and mortar franchise location, then, you know, you're going to probably go out and sign a lease, right? So there's going to be money that's paid to the landlord. You might have to do a remodel or a build out. So there's going to be contractors and third parties, uh, you know, involved that you're paying money to. So part of that range in item seven is going to include any expenses that you would most likely incur to get your business open, right? Open meaning you're now in a position to actually start doing business and generating revenue, right? And then most item sevens are also going to give you um, a breakdown of how much capital they want their franchisees to have on hand once their business is opened. And depending on the, the franchise company, depending on the type of business they're in, you know, that amount will certainly vary, but they'll specify, you know, how long uh, that capital, think of this as operating capital, they'll specify how long that operating capital should carry you through, right? So like a service-based franchise where you're not as likely to have as much overhead, you know, they're going to probably give you a three months worth of operating capital that's baked in to this item seven range. Uh, something that's brick and mortar, uh, where you're going to have more overhead, they may give you a little more time built into that. And, you know, this is not written in stone by any means. But when you see that a franchise company says, hey, we want to make sure you have at least three months worth of operating capital. And this is how much operating capital you should need to, to run for three months. That can be an indication that, you know, they've had other franchisees in the past get to a cash flow positive point within that time frame. Because it's not in the franchisor's best interest to have new franchisees coming in, getting their business open, and then being undercapitalized to run their business until they realistically have a shot of getting to cash flow positive. So item seven is very, very important uh, in this whole process because it's going to give you a realistic idea of how much capital you need to not only get your business open, but also to operate it until you should 
reasonably be able to get to a point of positive cash flow, meaning the business is generating enough revenue to support the ongoing expenses to operate the business. All right, so, so far we've talked about item five, item six, item seven, not the most fun thing to talk about because this is usually involving money that you're spending as a franchisee or money that you're investing. I like using the term investing over spending, right? Because in a lot of cases with these things, the franchise fees and investment, you know, if you're spending money on marketing and advertising or a build out for a location, really at the end of the day, that's, that's an investment, right? But I've mentioned item 19. This is where a lot of people, you know, really like to, to focus a lot of their attention when it comes to an FDD, because this is where a franchisor is able to provide some earnings information for their existing franchisees. Now, franchisors are not required to put any information in their item 19. So you may come into contact with some franchise companies, review their FDD, and they've got nothing in item 19, meaning they don't show, you know, any earnings information for their franchisees. But, you know, for the most part, these days, the, the FDDs that I see, most franchisors are including information in their item 19. What information is being disclosed there will vary from one franchise to the next. But essentially, this is data based on their existing franchisees and their financial performance. So most commonly, you're going to see top line numbers, you know, maybe system wide average revenues, right? So across all of their franchisees, this is what the average was in gross revenue. Um, other franchisors, depending on the business, they may give you some other, uh, you know, information. It, it is usually going to be in the form of an average. Uh, every now and then you'll see an FDD where they've literally got a chart and it lists out every franchise in the organization and like how much revenue they did in the previous year. Um, you, you'll see averages in terms of like, you know, what's the franchise's average job amount or average ticket price, which can be helpful as you're kind of going through and trying to understand the economics of the business. Um, you're not that often going to see where like item 19 gives you a full profit and loss statement, you know, where you're going to be able to kind of follow that all the way down to a bottom line number or a net profit percentage. Um, some, some do it, but most commonly they will not. It's going to be more high level information, but they're going to probably give you an idea of what some of your costs are so that you can at least pretty easily get down to a, a gross profit number just through looking at the information in item 19, you know, you will likely have to make some assumptions as well, uh, you know, to get to, you know, profit margin level information, but nonetheless, really good information in item 19, because it gives you an idea of what the financial opportunity is with a particular franchise business. And this information in item 19 is a very key component of how you're going to go about figuring out, can I make money in this franchise business? And if so, how much and how long is it going to take me to start seeing a return on my investment? Which at the end of the day, that's probably the most prevalent question in anyone's mind as they are investigating a franchise business. So different ways of, of providing information in item 19 
The good news though is item 19 is not the only way that someone can get a sense of the financial opportunity with a franchise business. And in next week's episode, well, may, maybe a couple weeks out, but I'm going to do an entire episode just around, you know, how to go about figuring out this all important question of how much money can I realistically expect to make in a particular franchise business. But that's, that's item 19. So, you know, what I tell people, you know, as I talked about in last episode, you know, my recommendation is review, no review, investigate no more than three franchise companies at a time, just to make sure you're not getting overloaded with information. So assuming you're kind of following that process, realistically, you could get three FDDs within a week or within a couple of days, you know, depending on how quickly you're moving through this process with each franchise company. And that's overwhelming, right? These are long legal documents, 150 to 200 plus pages in most cases. Um, so, you know, my, my recommendation is when you first get an FDD, especially if you're getting a handful of them at a time, start by reviewing item five, six, seven, and 19. That's going to give you a really good understanding of kind of you know, what, what this franchise is all about. Now, that is not to say that the other information in the FDD is not important. It absolutely is. And you should never, never sign a franchise agreement without having reviewed the FDD in its entirety. Okay. So I'm just saying for the sake of time, if you've got two to three FDDs on your desk, go through items five, six, seven, and 19 for all of them initially. And then as you keep going through the investigative process with these companies, in all likelihood, I mean, the goal is to eliminate, right? And find the best one for you. So as you start to eliminate, then you can dive deeper and deeper into the FDD, you know, or the FDDs of the companies that are seeming to be the best fit for you. That's how I personally do it. Obviously, that's up to the individual. Um, but it's it's a lot of information, right? The other thing that you'll find in an FDD, they have exhibits, right? So the company also is, the franchise company is also required to provide data through exhibits. That's going to be audited financial statements, list of current franchisees with contact information. And that's going to be important for the next phase in the investigative process, which we'll talk about in the next episode, validation, validating with franchisees and learning from other franchisees experience. But one of the exhibits is going to be the franchise agreement itself. You'll have the chance when you get the FDD to read and review the actual franchise agreement that you would be signing should you be approved and decide to go on and purchase a franchise. So that's obviously something that you want to spend some time reviewing as well. Um, and I've got an episode coming out in a couple of weeks with a franchise attorney uh, that I know pretty well. And he goes into a lot of detail about the FDD, the franchise agreement, you know, maybe some red flags to be on, on the lookout for. So make sure to tune into that episode for more information related to the FDD uh, and really just all of the legalities that go with franchising. But, you know, at the end of the day, remember, the FDD is a tool. It will not be the most riveting thing you read, but full of very, very important, valuable information nonetheless. 
And, you know, there really is kind of an art to being able to go through, pick out the most important information, dissect that information, and then figure out how to incorporate it into, you know, the overall investigation that you're doing so that at the end of the day, you can make a very educated decision as to whether or not a specific franchise business is a good fit for you. And in my opinion, there's a lot more that goes into this investigation and, you know, finding the right franchise for you than just the numbers, right? There's more to it than that, but the numbers are very important, right? I don't care how good the business might feel or how much fun you might have doing it, unless you're just at a point where you're interested in, you know, running a nonprofit, the numbers have to make sense, right? The investment has to justify, uh, you know, the, the potential for the return. Right. And the franchisor can't make any guarantees. There's very strict rules through the FTC about what a franchisor can say to a prospective franchisee. Uh, and really, when it comes to earnings, if it's not in their item 19, they can't talk to you about it. Right. So that frustrates some people because, you know, obviously the question you really want to ask is like, okay, but like, so like, how much money can I make? Right. Like, if I do this franchise like two years in, how much money should I expect to be making? Well, the franchisor can't, they can't tell you that because they can't guarantee it, right? I mean, there's variables in any business that are going to impact how profitable or how successful from a financial standpoint, the business is. And guess what? Franchise or non-franchise business, you as the owner of the business are always going to be one of, if not the single biggest variable. So that's why franchisors can't you know, make earnings claims. They can't say, hey, if you buy this franchise, you know, this is how much you'll make in your first year. And by year five, you'll be making this amount. And this is what your profit margin should be. But if you follow this investigative process the right way, you can absolutely gather the information that you need, process that information so that you have a very, very realistic idea of what the financial opportunity is with a franchise and what you would need to do as the franchise owner to realize that financial opportunity. And one of the most important pieces of that whole process is what we'll talk about in next week's episode, validation, talking to other franchisees, learning from them. So that's what we're going to talk about in next week's episode, the following week, we'll kind of piece this all together in terms of how to take the initial phase of this investigative process, the information provided to you in the FDD, everything you learn through talking to franchisees, and really get a feel for the financial opportunity, right? So make sure to tune in to the next couple of weeks, um, especially if you're really trying to figure out, you know, how do I know you know, what the financial opportunity is with a specific franchise business. So um, again, if you have not tuned in to the previous episodes of Franchise Friday, please do that. Still got great episodes coming out every Wednesday with some amazing guests and entrepreneurs. Make sure you're tuning in there. And look, if this all sounds a little bit overwhelming, you're not alone. This is an overwhelming process, but you can absolutely take a methodical approach to it. And I'd love to help you. If you're thinking about exploring franchise opportunities, reach out to me. This is what I do. This is, I have a consulting business where this is what I do. I help people identify and investigate franchise businesses that are likely to be a good fit for them. 
And by the way, it's a free service, right? So sure, you can go through this on your own, but why not let someone like myself that's got years and years of experience, not only buying franchises myself, but also helping others do exactly this and follow this process that I'm outlining through these episodes here on Franchise Friday. So I'd love to connect with you if this is something that you're you know, interested in doing, or even if you've been investigating franchise companies, you know, reach out, let's talk, happy to answer any questions and, and really just want to be able to help in any way that I can. It's something that I really enjoy doing. So um, you can reach out to me through my website um, and, uh, or you can email me at Wes at path number two, frdm.com. Anyways, thanks for tuning in. Hope everyone has a fantastic rest of your week. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for dropping in. Thanks for dropping in with me to this episode of Franchise Friday. I hope you learned something new. If you're interested in speaking with me about how you can start charting your own path to freedom through franchise ownership, I'd love to have a conversation. I provide a free consulting service to help people just like you identify and investigate franchise businesses that will help them create freedom in their own lives. And I'd love to help you with the same. You can visit my website at www.path2frdm.com or send me an email at wes at path2frdm.com. Make sure to tune in to next week's episodes of the Path to Freedom podcast and follow or subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you know someone else that would get value from this, please take a moment to share with them. Until next time, go drop in.